Yes, Trevor? No, um, you can't let me talk about what I'm looking at on my phone right now. Why? Yeah, what are you looking at? That sounds bad. No, I was just looking at uh, crypto. Crypto, like across the board, has dropped like... So today was... Yesterday was a huge, huge down day. Like everything was down like 30%. Yeah. Just huge. And then today, pretty much everything went back up 30 to 40%. Um, But about an hour or two ago, it suddenly... No, it was about three hours ago. Is Robinhood down again? No, not right now anyway. It every now and then goes down, but it usually goes down. Well, actually, it might be because, like I said, is. everything is tanking right now. And usually when everything tanks, everybody tries to put in all their sell oh orders. Gosh. And so mm. everything kind of like it just overwhelms the servers. The only thing I use Robinhood for anymore is Dogecoin. And I like had already cashed out like most of it. Yeah. I had $500 left of it. And I don't know what I'm at now. Now I'm curious. I don't know how much money I have. It had, it had gone from 500 down to like 200 something. <laughs> and yeah. then just brutal, honestly. Um, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, about two hours ago, it all started tanking again. And uh, I unloaded everything. I, <laughs> I'm down a considerable amount from when i started like two or three weeks ago when everything just started tanking day after day after day it sounds pretty relevant to our sports (laughs) podcast yeah well you asked (laughs) no no, that's a great point not being facetious i mean it just seems like your your betting is always down no i we went over this my betting betting is not my betting was not down i was winning money almost pretty consistently until i was an idiot watching a baseball game and then I didn't follow the rules. And when you don't follow the rules, you fail. So. Okay, question. So this crypto thing, um, is it is the drop, is, is it really because it, the Elon Musk thing and the China stuff? Or is it one more than the other? Or So China, like, is did they ban Bitcoin or something like that? They were talking about either banning or like heavy, heavily regulating it and Bitcoin people don't like the idea of regulating it. I don't know why, because apparently it's a currency of the future. And if you're going to have a currency of the future, it needs to be regulated. So anyway, (laughs) no, I know the Asian markets have a lot more influence on the price of Bitcoin. I don't know all the details. I just know that they influence it a lot more than Americans do. Elon Hmm. Musk and Dave Portnoy and a few other people like Mark Cuban can send out a couple tweets and boost the price or tank the price. But that's yeah. about the influence that Americans well, have. The, okay. So that's one thing, but Elon Musk also said that he was going to stop accepting Bitcoin for, um, yeah. for Tesla's. And, which, and that's and what started he, a huge sell-off about two mm-hmm, or three days okay. ago, whatever and it was. Then he also said that all of a sudden he's concerned about the environmental impact, which is really funny yeah. because he's clearly lying. Cause he knew that yeah. from, so I think, I think he started to get some actual genuine concerns on the long-term sustainability of Bitcoin or something like that. And then was like, Oh yeah, by the way, we don't take it anymore. And it's because we care about the environment. Wink, wink. And then, then it, dude, like so many people are mad at Elon Musk for, for all of that. No, this is like, <laughs> I brought this up when like 
two months ago a month ago Mm -hmm. when elon like first tweeted about like they were going to accept bitcoin or he said something about bitcoin or no that's what it was he said tesla had invested like a billion dollars in bitcoin Mm -hmm. and like within like five hours of him tweeting that bitcoin jumped like 20 percent. right so he just if he put in a billion dollars all of a sudden it was like a billion point two like he just created 200 million dollars for himself just by sending a tweet and like that's fishy and so every single thing that he tweets about it now i feel like is just him playing with the markets like oh i'm sure it is if he says something negative about bitcoin it's because he just sold it he's going to tank it and then he's going to buy it and then he'll just tweet oh just kidding bitcoin's (laughs) the best thing in the world and then it's going to go up again and he's just creating money for himself which is trevor i uh, don't know what makes you think that um there's certainly no evidence that he ever did that with uh with other stock markets so i know right. okay so, Elon so Musk is so the funny most benevolent it. person on the planet he would never ever just take advantage of us plebs well so, so people thought it was so funny when nice he like us. he like was tweeting stuff about you know tesla stock when he said it was overpriced and then said it should be at a very specific like epic meme guy price and then and then like everyone thought that was so funny and then and even though i mean it resulted with him being removed from like his position at tesla on the board and getting investigated by the sec but he's doing the exact same thing with bitcoin and dogecoin and all that stuff but and now people are mad at him for that but it's like yeah he's always done this and now people are like clam- some people are clamoring for some like like shouldn't he be like investigated i was like that's not how crypto works man (laughs) you either either want regulation or you don't i had this conversation with a coworker today he was like yeah he liked the idea of crypto because it's not regulated and that makes it easier to make a lot of money on it and i was like yeah but it's also like not fair to people that you can just like inflate the price right speaking of things that aren't regulated welcome to episode 48 of off the crossbar (laughs) That's, oh, that's, nice. podcast. that's a great segue. Thank you. Six minutes in. I love it. Yeah. Well, nicely done. People have to know what to expect with us. If, yeah. if it's your first time listening, um, this welcome. is a crypto pod. We talk no, only not. about cryptocurrency. No, that, that's not true. For two that would hours. would be funny, though, because that one guy got really mad at the RSL show for saying that, like, you know, the podcast that talk about what they ate that day or had for breakfast or whatever. And I didn't know if they were actually talking about just the RSL show. I thought that was about us. I don't. The RSL show is way more focused than we are. So I was surprised to see him say it at them. And I was like, we just caught a stray on this random from that guy (laughs) who I've had interactions with on Twitter before, I think that were perfectly pleasant, but he just like that day chose violence. And uh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well uh let's get started in the usual fashion sure uh kyle tell us about your bike ride and also social hour stuff. okay so i yes i this evening went on a bike ride um from in my new territory where i am living currently and i rode my bike around a little bit went to my friend's house played a couple games of uh, nba 2k21 on his ps5 which was pretty fun and then rode my bike home and so it was a nice uh both exercising event and you know got got my good gaming in it was nice and the and the weather was beautiful the mountains looked great it was just a it was a solid ride um and then man socially i don't know what's going on so i'm going to california this week and so i won't be at the game unfortunately i realized um 
It's sad. I know it makes me sad too because I really want to be at that game. But you know, uh, it it all it all's well that ends well, as they all say. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I unfortunately watched a jazz game last night. That was new. I've been watching this uh, show called Top of the Lake, starring Elizabeth Moss, and it's from like 2013. It's a pretty grisly like crime show um but what's interesting is that so it takes place in new zealand and it features like almost exclusively new zealanders but elizabeth moss is she's one of her parents is british and she is a scientologist just kidding that's not her ethnicity but um so (laughs) she is a scientologist though um so one of her parents is british scientology and ethnic i know ethnicity um she's half half british half scientologist (laughs) she's american and she has like an american accent and what's very distracting about this show though is that she isn't i don't think she's super good at a new zealand accent Oh, okay. And I work with a New Zealander and a Kiwi and I've went and like Flight of the Concords has always been like one of my favorite shows that I've watched a lot. So I feel like I'm like very tuned into the New Zealand accent and it takes me out a little bit, but it's a good show. Um, I think, I think I'll keep that, uh, keep it brief. That's my, that's my update. Yeah. What's going on, Trevor? Um, we had, an adventure this weekend this past nice. weekend you this, is not, this is not an adventure no this is me solo like she was there and she's responsible for it i think but no i woke up um sunday morning and realized that like i hadn't done dishes the past couple of days and like the dishes are my responsibility between me and my roommate he won't mm-hmm. touch gross food that like sits in the sink which is fair so anyway you i will scraping it off and putting it in the trash and yeah but we, this is this is the crux of the story. We have a garbage disposal. We use oh, the garbage disposal. I am legit so, jealous. Yeah, so we put food down the sink. It's whatever. Anyway, so the dishes were bad. There were problems. So I woke up Sunday morning, started doing the dishes before I made before I started to make breakfast and cleared out the sink, went to go turn on the garbage disposal, noticed there was a knife in there and was like, "Oh, can't have that. Can't have stuff in the garbage disposal." <laughs> Pulled it out. Went to go turn on the garbage disposal and it didn't explode, but it sounded like it exploded. Oh, and it turns no. out what had happened was we have uh, the, they're, they're basically shot glasses. They're not, but they're basically shot glasses. Oh, no. One of those got down in the disposal and I didn't see it or it feel shattered. it or anything. Oh yeah. It shattered completely oh, inside the garbage disposal. My gosh. So I had to reach in and like get all the little pieces of glass oh, out of there. Man. Cut my finger a little bit and then went to go check it to see if it got everything out and it didn't. And it got a piece like lodged in it. So it just wouldn't move anymore. And I couldn't find the piece. So I ended up uh, talking to my dad later that day. It was my nephew's birthday. So we just gave up on it and we're like, we're just going to have to call the landlord or whatever and get that fixed tomorrow. And while I was at my nephew's birthday, I was like, oh, hey, dad, you probably know this. Do you know anything about fixing garbage disposals? And he's like, oh, yeah, it's the easiest thing in the world. What's wrong with it? And he just went straight dad mode and I told him what was going on. And he was like, oh yeah, you just need this tool. It's like an Allen wrench. I have one. Come over to the house tonight. Get it. It's in the hot pad drawer. Go fix it. And it's just like a little Allen wrench. You get underneath and you just crank it back and forth. You can like move the blades just like manually. Yeah. And so we got whatever piece was lodged in place out, got the whole thing cleaned out. 
And now we have a working garbage disposal. And that was our Sunday fiasco that happened over this weekend. Dang. Okay. Yeah. New thing. <laughs> never dealt with that before. I've never, <laughs> also never dealt with that before. Yeah. I'm just imagining. I mean, I know the sound it makes when you have like a utensil in there. Imagining oh, yeah. like, sh- like a shot glass oh, exploding in there is so funny. times like seven. Wow. <laughs> it was very loud and very Garbage disposals make me so nervous. There's yeah, just an angry, sharp contraption. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Matthew, what's going on with you socially? Uh, let's see. So it rained a bunch this weekend, which was very nice. Yes, and it did. I haven't had to water the garden quite as much. Um, oh, nice. But it also got cold, which was less nice. I mean, I, I enjoyed it personally. The me too. plants are just... You know, I, I just want them to take off and like really get going, but it's, I don't think they do that when it's colder. It's been like an unseasonably chilly May, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoy it. I want to live in the Pacific Northwest, like, but without moving and without having to do any work. <laughs> yeah. That's what um, I'm so if it can come to us, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, that's the ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. Um, let's see. The first season of my science fiction podcast is under it's it's being released weekly that's right um and it turns out it takes like 17 years to syndicate to every platform i'm using anchor different than what we use here which is right uh through sb nation with uh megaphone but um so we're already uh, a syndicated podcast just by yeah. default so this is uh, why we can keep creating as many podcasts as we want. <laughs> we can keep this going. We can start the pod wars and just do this until until we die. This yeah, space is not it. nearly as full as it should be and could be. I mean, I'm sure people would love a Trevor Brady betting podcast. That's right. That'd be so I funny. Mean, I'm not opposed. Oh, wow. We could start a podcast just of what I say when I'm playing FIFA on weekend league. That, oh, that be, should be for uh, for YouTube. Yes, that's soapbox really, like, after dark. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so so that's coming out slowly. Um, I'll post links on Twitter if anyone's interested. Um, I, I saw the yeah, first one. I was planning on listening to it on my drive. Uh, oh, yeah. The, the, this week, how long was the is that first episode? Uh, the first one's like eighteen minutes. The second is thirty minutes, and those nice. are the, two of the longer ones. Cool. Most well, of them are between 10 and 15. I'm going to cruise through the entire catalog of both podcasts this week. Is it on Spotify yet? Yes. That is What's one of the places again? it's on. Give, uh, give me the name vintage, of it. Vintage Sci-Fi Shorts. Vintage sci- not, Sci-Fi is spelled correctly, right? Oh, look at that. It is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not like the... Uh, He's the editor of our... TV channel. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's that's been uh, my week, I guess. That first and, uh, episode is 19 minutes the second episode is 32 minutes oh i estimated sorry follow get notified of new episodes oh there, there we go. go look at that so aside from that i spent a fair amount of time reading about uh our first news item should we just jump straight in there let's go let's look go at these transitions the this is a uh, very professional of us mm-hmm. um we're working on it yeah bait Vaguely. Anyway, uh, so let's uh, let's get some reactions here. Uh, we have an another name of an interested owner or a pen- interested potential owner, interested rich dude. There you go. Yep. Um, 
Now, why don't you, uh, what, Trevor, you look like you're about to shout something. I need, I need you to say his name and who he works for or work it for. Uh, Kyle, say his name and who he works for. All right. This man, his name is David Blitzer. He is a owner. Sorry. Um, okay. Sorry. Uh, David Blitzer, executive. and he is a senior executive at Blackstone Group. Ooh. There we go. Okay. <laughs> sorry. I was going <laughs> to say also that he is a part owner of the Philadelphia 76ers and the uh, club Crystal Palace, right? Is it Palace? It is Palace. Yeah. It is Palace. That sounds familiar. It's Palace in uh, the English Premier League. But, and uh, FC Augsburg, right? Oh, that's oh, right. I didn't hear that one. Yeah. I mean, I trust you, but... Yeah, and so... Belgium, you know. Vaslin Beveren? Oh, he's got like a bunch. He has more stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Of the New Jersey Devils, 76ers, Crystal Palace, FC Augsburg, Waslan Beveren, like you just said, of the Belgian Belgian Pro League, Scranton Wilkes-Barre Rail Riders of the AAA International League, an esport company, senior, but most notably a senior executive at the private equity firm, Blackstone Group. Hit it, Trevor. Oh. Yeah. So I don't know if people know much about private equity groups, but generally, even in the business world, it's not a great sign when they buy something that you are a part of. I know this from experience because yep. I got laid off by one last year. It was great. Me too. Um, Not last year, but yeah, I've been laid off because of private equity. So like the whole business model is to just like extract as much value as possible. Um, you know, so it's not and the way they usually do that is by screwing over the workers and then you selling by making things else. more efficient is what they say sorry that, sorry what i meant to say was making things run more smoothly and more efficiently yes. they, to they optimize go. workflow and promote synergy and sometimes they cut the fat as they like to say or trim <laughs> the fat Increase is people, increase yeah. value and revenue, it's and trying to trim the fat when you're like slicing up a chicken breast. Yeah. Um, so but a, yeah. Man. So this that wouldn't be ideal, to be honest. Um, and it seems like through this report, apparently Ryan Smith is no longer one of the interested parties, or wasn't one of this. Like, there's this group of twelve different parties that are interested. And Ryan Smith is not one of them, but I don't know if that means he's out of the running altogether or if he just wasn't part of this new group of interested parties. No idea. I still think Ryan Salt Lake should be on the table and I still think it might end up happening. But um, in, I don't I don't know if Dunny knows something, but every single time he quote tweets something about Ryan Smith and just does hashtag RSL, <laughs> hashtag Dolly RSL, I'm just like, dude, please don't do this to me. No, I feel like he's at this point, anything that he retweets just with those hashtags. I feel like he's just like, Oh look, RSL related news. I don't think he's like, he's like, more Andy Williams like he knows yet. what he's doing. He's not though. like, he knows what that tweeting does. things into existence. No, I, and I know like he's not an idiot, but yeah, that's the way I you take it, it at first. this point. This is the official stance of off the crossbar. <laughs> Brian Dunseth is not an idiot. <laughs> not an idiot. Uh, man, that's yeah. funny. So, so uh, this is, um, on, I guess, let, let's ask this. On the rank of, like, if you were to rank potential owners, uh, let's do it on, like, a grade scale, because, I don't know, that's fun, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone loves school and grades. and 
Sure. Yeah. Um, where where would Ryan Smith rank? Like A, B, C, etc. Well, before we before we jump into this, let's. This is the the crux of the ownership issue that I think us three specifically yeah. all have the same feelings on, and that is that like owners as people to be rich as you need to be in order to own a sports team individual owner especially yeah like it's it's a bad thing and so it's kind of a sliding scale of like who's the bad person in charge of your club you know what i mean (laughs) because i think we all agree that like generally speaking ryan smith he has positives but he's still a billionaire and does billionaire things it's probably better than the private equity guy but like he's still we have problems with billionaire people and billionaire owners right just like, in general so let's keep that in mind as we're talking about who's good and who's yeah, bad owners it's not like qualtrics is just doing surveys right like there's yeah. uh some very like it's like interesting data, data collection <laughs> and like people should read about the internal system they have to um allow people to what's the word they use i mean it, it allows them it, it's like really a creepy like uh monitoring system of like all the employees <laughs> with like yeah. cameras and everything and it's really intrusive <laughs> but they they make it seem like it's this cool thing how you can interact with people like any of the offices but it's really i mean there's just weird stuff like that like a small level but like there's a reason that company's like a multi multi-billion dollar company it's not because they do surveys really well <laughs> but um yeah so there's clearly i mean like I'd prefer Ryan Smith over a Deloitte Hansen for sure. But I think I would also prefer like an ownership group like LAFC's to like an individual owner. I feel like it's generally better if like, if like it's dispersed among like a group that much power, you know, like I feel, I think it gets a little concerning when like, like Deloitte had as much input in day-to-day stuff as he actually did. And that's my concern about like individual owners in general, um, keeping it purely focused on like sports stuff, you know? Yeah. I think we had that conversation like several months ago about would we prefer an ownership group versus like an individual owner? Am I, I feel like an owner that's like hands-on versus hands-off. Yeah, I mean, like, I think there are always risks with an ownership group, and there are risks with a single owner. Yeah, uh, it's about finding the right balance and and navigating those trade offs. But I don't think you're being naive about it. Yeah, yeah, because like, I mean, it just seems like it's it would be just there's there's a lower probability of it ending up like a Deloitte situation again. Like, just I mean, even as an example of it being check it's and Deloitte for like a time there was probably a lot better than just Deloitte Hansen because there was I mean I don't think they clearly weren't didn't end up being equal partners in the whole thing but like I mean just having like a single check was better than having zero checks and I mean a a power check not a not a money check you know those things that like a check and balance check. Right. Yes. Yeah. I, f- I like more checks and balances when it comes to ownership groups, I think. But I don't know. It seems like LAFC has their whole thing figured out. I like that there's like, I like that Will Ferrell is essentially a mascot for them. I like that, <laughs> you know, Magic Johnson and, you know, being the worst slash best Twitter account of all time. That's just another hobby of his in addition to being an owner of LAFC. It's great. So that's what I would prefer. But to answer your question, Matt, on like a 
ownership scale grade level i mean it's all relative so maybe ryan is like for me would be like a b and an a would be a group I, like he's probably I, I honestly it's so hard to answer who who knows i, I like ryan smith as an owner in primarily because he's local right yeah and because he's already involved in local sports i mean being the majority owner of the jazz i think carries a lot of weight um it incentivizes him to succeed on both levels and yeah i don't really buy that like him owning the jazz and then owning rsl i don't think that it would mean that he cares about rsl less Right, or I that he would true. like mistreat RSL because his real pet baby is the Jazz or anything like that. I don't, I don't know that I buy that that part mm-hmm. of it. So, and he does do. I mean, he pays the the philanthropy tax, and I kind of like that. I I don't like the idea of it, but I like that he's trying to be involved in the community and doing mm-hmm. some good things. Yeah, it's better to do that than to not. But yeah, yeah no, I, mean, I agree. I think it's probably we do, we do live in a society plus yeah and, yeah and it's fair to say that his uh contributions to society have been uh a little less in the form of your like owning an apartment complex or hundreds or thousands and yeah. having your charitable foundation invest in them yeah yeah that's just a thought that's just like on the scale of like billionaire owners and philanthropy stuff like he does better than a lot. Yeah. I still don't think that like absolves him from a lot of the right. other part of it, but it's better to have a guy buying scholarships than it is to have a guy buying apartment complexes. Agreed. And speaking of which, and Blackstone people out for not being able to pay rent in yeah. the middle of a pandemic. So, so when we think about David Blitzer and Blackstone in particular is some, something they're infamous for was, uh, taking a lot of heat and being investigated for worsening the, uh, or taking advantage of and worsening the housing crisis. Um, yep. in, was that what, 2009? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, <laughs> I mean, but that's like the type of thing that like those type of companies do is like prey on situations like that. So, yeah, you know, and he's like in that report about the potential ownership, uh, owners or whatever it, it said he was a former senior executive by all accounts that doesn't appear to be the case i think so i think he's still there um but you know it is what it is i can i i kind of think that he won't be a thing but who knows if, yeah it's if we're rating him he's like a like a d d plus i think the fact that he's involved in so many other teams and before now i don't think any of us have really ever heard of him makes me feel like he's a lot more hands-off i, I think that's okay a positive thing yeah i'd much rather people, have a hands-off single owner guy than yeah and my friend sarah she covered the 76ers for a while apparently fans feel more negative feelings about the other half of the ownership partnership, um, the non blitzer side, apparently I don't, maybe just because of how hands off he is, he hasn't been like, I mean, the 76ers have had like a hilarious, like front office, uh, like a bunch of gaffes over the years. So their organization's kind of chaotic, but the fact that they feel better about the other half of it makes me like you said, Trevor, it makes me think that he's a hands off owner, which is good. It's worth noting that your friend Sarah also is part of the famous Salt Lake podcast scene. Oh, that's right. right. She's oh, she a, yeah, she's a she's... member of the fold. 
and uh, famously is my wife's coworker. So that's right. That's she is. A fun thing. This is Sarah Todd of the Unsalvageables podcast, and not of the Desert New. Just kidding. She works there too. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, maybe she found a way to make podcasting pay. Um, maybe. I don't think that's a thing, unless you're one of those very strange people that I don't know. Maybe she secretly has an incredibly successful Patreon or something, you know? Oh, yeah, that's where it's at. But who knows? So, I mean, if he... I just I just want something to happen here. It's also worth noting that Houston Dynamo also sold um, after Orlando did. And Houston... Was it for $400 million? That was the reported amount. It was 400 for the teams. The teams. The Dash and the Dynamo. The stadiums. No stadiums and no, no academy and no academy. Well, I mean, and they didn't really have an academy. Well, that's what I'm really saying. Like of? they don't have like a academy infrastructure. They're paying four hundred yeah. million dollars for those two teams in the Houston market, which yeah. is big. But it's like that's a lot of money. So I have no idea yeah. what RSL is going to come in at, at this point. It's really baffling to me. But knowing think, that dollar amount, it makes sense. The theory that the league was waiting for those two teams to sell before they really started focusing on the RSL sale, that makes a lot more sense. Because if you can get $400 million from Houston with no stadium included and no academy system included, uh, yep. that, that makes RSL look really cool. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. So that explains the holdup, but that also... If that theory holds water, that means a sale. I mean, it's not going to be like tomorrow, but should be moving a lot faster than it was before. One mm-hmm. would hope, right? Um, but yeah. there's also rumblings that there are other MLS teams up for sale that are less publicly known. So, you know. Oh, good stuff all around. Yeah, it's it's a weird league and uh, it's going to get weirder and hopefully we don't make it worse. Yep. By our very presence. Hopefully. (laughs) Hopefully. It wouldn't be the first time. (laughs) We'd be used to it. Anything else to say about ownership or is this sort of a let's wait and see what happens sort of thing? It's uh, like we're getting a little bit more excited because things seem to be moving. But yeah, we're definitely still waiting and seeing. Yeah. uh, Other clubs selling in particular makes me think we're like. We got to be less than a month out, right? I would think. They've they've called our number. We're moving up to the that's what it feels like i mean and i don't have any actual reason to think that other than just the way the wind appears to be blowing but the way the tides are moving the way the sun is setting the way the trees are standing blowing blowing in the wind (laughs) that was another wind (laughs) one i didn't want to do that again oh yeah (laughs) anyway so yeah it's a bob dylan's time by now that's right all right, so uh, next piece of news, got a, a League MX friendly at Rio Tinto Stadium. In That's pretty cool. June? Was it? July. Is it, it is a friendly? July, yeah. It's July well, 4th, isn't it? Or yeah. is, it, is it one of their actual games? Uh, it's the unofficial United States Tour of Club America. Okay, so that's a friendly. <laughs> yeah. This sounds like a preseason friendly kind of situation. We've got Club America and Santos Laguna. Yep. At Rio Tinto Stadium, that is going. That is going to sell out for sure. I feel like Like there's no way it doesn't, right? For sure. Yeah, it it definitely will. I, 
I think so on the broadcast the other day, Donnie was like teasing some news. He was talking about this, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it hit, it actually hit Twitter, not, you know, maybe a couple of days before that even just wasn't, wasn't really, I mean, the teams weren't known. That was the big thing. Right. But uh, it was probably John Kimball who hinted at it, if I recall correctly, but I, I could be wrong. I, think I it, thought yeah, he was hinting right. at like expanding the capacity. Oh yeah, I mean, I that's, not gonna that, happen with, that... that's not going to happen without an owner, right? Uh, I think no, no oh, one's going to yeah. pass. I definitely think it would. <laughs> at the capacity <laughs> that they would the, like bring it, it from ten about to fifteen capacity, not the yeah. capacity oh, of the actual oh, stadium oh, oh. itself. Yeah, yeah expand okay, the stadium. I just mean allow more people in. That makes more sense. <laughs> all right Trevor, elliot's see, been stashing money for that too somehow <laughs> he's bringing in all these players he's like by the way safe standing safe safe standing in the south end and we're uh we're building an upper deck on the other side too <laughs> a matter of time right i would think so yeah an upper deck on the north end would be pretty cool yeah that'd be great i think that'd be awesome it'd look really cool like the view of the field and the mountains from over there would be sweet you but. just have to like I would love it if it was like partially floating so mm-hmm. you can see out to the stadium from or from out the to the state. Yeah. Yeah. From the concourse, see out on the field. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be sweet. Just be a great view. I think so too. It'd be great. Very industrial. So, yeah. There's a friendly. So that's, that's cool. Yeah. That, that and be cool. it doesn't involve us, which for, from, from honestly, way cool. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very yeah, glad it's not us. We get the money. <laughs> <laughs> or some money at least and uh we don't have to do any work yep. yeah i mean there will be people at the club who do a lot of work around this i'm sure yeah I was not gonna to say discount this, the work they're doing our players will have to play an extra game definitely a revenue stream that the yep. team wants to because i mean they've been doing preseason friendlies for like years now that was one of the mm-hmm. big things with rio tinto and the academy and, and all that and i like us not playing Mm-hmm. I like the idea I of having too. friendlies for whoever plays. I don't care as long yeah. as we're not playing. I mean, I mean, we're I also like we have we're a, maximizing the, the men's national team game and this game this summer taking yes. place at Rio Tinto, which is pretty cool. Um, the men's national team—it's the friendly against Costa Rica, right? Mm-hmm. In like June, June like yes, kind of soon. Isn't it like June sixth or something like that? I don't know. Yeah, actually, any any part of June is kind of soon. So that's right. We're. Yes. Uh, yeah, what's the actual date up. of a friendly? Uh, let's look. Because While Costa we're looking Riga. that up, I want to let you guys know that Mike Petke has favorited two new tweets since we last talked serious? about it. Uh-oh. One in April that's a Premier League video of the one, the only Thierry Henry. Oh, nice. That's, yeah, that makes sense. Which, Former teammate. Yeah. Uh, he coached him. Isn't that weird? Teammate and coach? Or just... He definitely coached him. I don't remember when he retired, but he he once famously benched Thierry Henry. Oh, jeez, that, that's right. I remember that. that. Quite the that, power. That's actually note. what gave him the skills to deal with Euromopsisian so well. <laughs> what a <laughs> dummy! And then the uh, the second one is somebody talking about how he and a couple of his teammates were the best line of three at New York Red Bulls that they'd ever seen. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's probably that's fair. Nice, but, What's funny yeah. is that tweet doesn't. It says Mike Pecky, but he didn't. He didn't. Uh, oh, a response did mm-hmm. at Mike Pecky. I was hoping Mike Pecky is a name searcher, but it looks like oh yeah, someone might have brought it to his attention. So interesting. 
Interesting. Yeah. Good for good for Mike. So when's that friendly? The men's national team one? June 9th. Nice. That is soon. That's like that's like three weeks away. Yeah. Something like that. Nice. Well, like two and a half, something good like for yeah. hooray for friendlies. Should we talk about dun dun dun? The last yeah. game. Yeah. I, oh, against Dallas? Yeah, yeah. I want to be okay, frank so... here. I feel pretty negatively about that game. <laughs> Me too. <But> should I not? <laughs> <laughs> no, you no, definitely you should. should. There has been definitely a number of people, and Kyle, you'll understand where I'm coming from here. There's been a number of people that seem to be like putting a real positive spin on this game and like not accepting any criticism of the team, the setup, the oh way that anybody boy. played or anything. And this like game was totally awful. deserved a lot of criticism for the way that this game rolled out. It wasn't a great performance by no. either team. This was straight up two teams that are bad at soccer, playing soccer in bad well, conditions. The other bad team. Yeah, the conditions were rough, but like Dallas had a, how many shots and how I'm many on goal? Well, now 29. 10 they're on one goal. of the worst finishing teams in the league. Yeah, they also, but they did force eight or nine saves out of David Ochoa. And it's just like, yeah, like that wasn't great. And our goal, no. well, um, Trevor, give us a recap of the game. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, okay. <laughs> it, well, hang on. Let me actually pull it up. We'll go through the quick stuff. I'm trying to do this from memory and I'm not good at that. Um, I can read off some some numbers if you want. While Please. You up. The numbers that uh, I remember were the shots on goal from Dallas and how yep. friggin' many, like they had, I think it was like 15, 16 corners by the end of the game. Uh, they had 10 at the end of the first half, which is an insane number of corners yeah, 15. to have for one, one team in a game. And they had them at half. Let's see. Oh, we geez. had 32 clearances, um, which 32 clearances is ridiculous. Like it was a lot. It's, it's back to like the Mike Petkey days in numbers. Now I'm not saying we played like a Mike Pecky team. Um, we probably would have lost five zero, which uh, it's funny because his win loss record isn't like completely different than Freddy Juarez. Nope. But his goal differential is pretty different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes, it is. So. Do you, I remember the last like I the last time FC Dallas maybe not the last time, but like maybe within the last two times or three times they came, there was that game where they scored like five goals on us at um, Rio Tinto. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. That's like, that, to, was like, yeah. that was like the epitome of a Mike Pecky game it was just pure chaos. And we just got destroyed. It was tough. I did not like that game at all. So yeah, this game wasn't good. This game wasn't no. good. It started off. Um, Rubio Rabin got a goal in the twentieth minute, assisted oh. by Nick Beasler, which is of course really it funny. was. Be- so I mean, yeah, of course the game did end in a draw, but like all yeah. of the emails I got from Real Salt Lake about this game was like Real Salt Lake mounts massive comeback. I was like, I mean, yeah, because you <laughs> like were very up technically. One. You were yeah. up one, gave up two goals, and then scored one to tie it. So that is a comeback. But I was yeah. like, you were also speaking, up, yes. though. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, yeah. Yeah, we got the goal of the 20th minute. Uh, near mm-hmm. the end of the first half, um, everybody's favorite gave up a penalty to Dallas. Marcelo Silva. Marcelo Silva with like, just, <laughs> no, <laughs> this one was Silva. Just, 
dove in on a ball that he had no business. Like he was never, ever going to win the ball. He was completely behind the guy. There was some people who thought that it was a soft penalty. I'm going to go on the record and say it very wasn't. It was an obvious, very easy to call penalty. Um, Yeah, it was just Silva being Silva, just trying to win a ball. He had no business winning and fell on a guy. Mm -hmm. Gave up an easy penalty. They scored it, Mm -hmm. obviously. Um, Then the rest of the second half was just a lot of shots and a lot of giveaways and a lot of bad sloppy play until near the end. Uh, Ryan Hollingshead scored in the 84th minute and very shortly followed up by Demir Krylock getting in the box on a cross and scoring the 86th. From Aaron Herrera that went like 90 feet in the air. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then it just seemed like, to take a wicked deflection. Did it? But I don't know how it takes a wicked deflection and then land like yeah, in a really I, great spot. I don't think that was deflected, Trevor. <laughs> I, think, I think he just hit That's what that, they were saying like, on the broadcast. It looked like it was deflected. Uh, and I yeah. don't think it was because, like I said, yeah. if it was deflected, how did it land exactly where it should have landed? Yeah, no, I like don't think where, it was either. Where he scored from was where you want people to score from and where you want crosses to <laughs> it, end up. It looked so. like it kind of caught the wind maybe or something, but it did land like just right inside the six. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, beautiful cross. Tremendous, right? Anyway, yeah. and then, uh, then the game ended the last five minutes. Justin Glad got a yellow card. Stopping a, an attack. Aaron Herrera got a yellow card, stopping an attack. And Albert Rusnak got a yellow card, giving up a really bad foul in a really bad position oh. that turned into nothing, thankfully. Yeah, I was so mad about that. Like, like just I, so mad. My problem with that, like, Albert should know better for sure, but like, and this is beside the point completely, but that's not a yellow card foul on albert like he, he did not deserve a yellow card for it It was the softest of soft fouls and yeah it's a foul and yeah you definitely shouldn't be giving up fouls at that position at that point in the game like but it shouldn't have been a yellow but like i said that's beside the point it was a dumb foul yeah but thankfully dallas sucks so nothing came of it <laughs> <laughs> and then the game ended and yeah. that's that's your recap of the game can you imagine if they like figure out how to score? Um, I'm dude, they'd terrified be so for good. the reverse fixture. Like it's gonna be. I mean, may- maybe we'll pull something out again. Um, my problem with this game is it it didn't feel like we. Pu- I mean, we pulled something out, right? Like, uh, but I think you're right to point out that Dallas was bad, and uh, it was a, a failure on their part if they to put up 29 shots. 10 on target, 10 blocked. Like that's, those are insane numbers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and to score two goals from that is, I mean, it's profligate, right? Like there's, there's no way that should be happening in a professional setting. Yeah. So it yeah. wasn't because of RSL that they didn't score those goals. Yeah. I mean, and Ochoa, like give him credit. Like he played really sure. well and made a lot of good saves, but most of the saves that he made, to be honest, were not like routine, easy saves, but they weren't like difficult. He wasn't like standing on his head. He wasn't yeah. Tim Howard against Belgium. Like most of the shots that he saved were at or very close to him. Yeah, one or two, they were pretty, pretty tough, right? Yeah, but again, like you expect him to make one or two tough saves a game. Yeah. And, but most of the shots, that most of his saves were not very difficult saves. And yeah. so, I mean, that. Not to take credit away from David Ochoa, but again, Dallas is not very good at finishing, and that shows. So, like, good for us getting a point on the road. That's definitely a positive spin, and 
that's what like the players need to take from it, but it was not like a well played game. We had yeah. oh, this was the other thing that bugged me. Okay, sorry. I just remembered. So we made a sub at the 79th minute. Um, took off Anderson Julio, who was playing great all game. Uh, brought on Justin Miram, who like I mean, he was Justin Miram. He wasn't lights out, but he wasn't bad by any means. And then, like one minute later, he makes another sub, takes off Rubio Rabin for D- Douglas Martinez. Which, okay, fine, you make that sub, but why are you not making that sub at the same Together. time? Why are you making it one minute apart? And why are you waiting till the 80th minute to make those changes? Yeah. So by the time this is live, uh, people will probably already have read it. Um, but one, Charles Barnard, who you'll all know from Twitter, uh, off the crossbar alumnus. Are you an alumnus if you make an appearance? Yes. Did he make, did he make an appearance? He was on yeah, an episode back, like three years ago, right? Yeah, maybe long, probably longer. It was like five <laughs> it was years, ago, than years yeah, ago. You're probably right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he's got a piece on RSL Soapbox about substitution patterns um, and how RSL compares to the rest of MLS. And uh, let's just say that it's not favorable if you want your teams making substitutions. If you don't want your teams making substitutions, then it's great. <laughs> um, but I don't think those people exist. I'm like, even the substitutions that he made in that game, like... I'm not convinced that they made sense because like I said, Anderson Julio was playing really well, unless there's a fitness issue. And there, there might be with him, right? It might be. He was injured a little bit. So that's a little bit fair, but if there's a fitness issue, why are you making him play 80 minutes? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if there's a fitness issue, he gets 60, 65. If there's an injury concern, you take him out a little bit sooner, but anyway, so, that so was the, my big the, beef was that he didn't make those subs at the same time and that yeah. he took off one of our best players when there was so the con- several other obvious choices for that could have come off that were playing pretty poorly. The conventional wisdom is very much like you make your first substitution between 60 and 68, right? Yeah, give or take. So so is it just that we're expecting that that convention to be taking place or is it genuinely not benefiting us to make these substitutions when we do? I think it's not benefiting us. I don't there there have been a couple of times where Freddie makes subs that impact the game and change the game and they're necessary needed tactical adjustments, changes the shape of the team, puts um fresh legs on the field at a time when it's necessary. Like those kind of things, they happen. That didn't happen in this game. Like the subs made sense on some level, but not in any real way that influenced the team in a positive way. And that's what my problem with it is, is if he can't make a sub early to influence the game in any way, he just seems to not. And then when he doesn't make those subs until the 80th minute, they don't have enough time to impact the game or they're just subs of players that aren't going to impact the game. The last two subs he put on was Donnie Toya and Eric Holt, which when you're trying to seal a 2-2 victory, like fine, but... Those subs two, came two, in the eighth and eighty ninth minute. Like two two victories, that what I said? Two two draw. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well sometimes it can be a victory. But yeah, no, I, but, I yeah, it's fully just, agree. Some of the subs make some sense at some points. Some of them don't. I'm fully on board with 
Freddie's still figuring out his subs. And so I'm not like totally criticizing all of his subs every single game. Yeah. And I don't criticize the idea of waiting till the 80th minute to make changes because sometimes you don't have to. But if yeah. you're making changes in this game that aren't going to impact anything, that aren't a positive change, and you're going to wait so long to make those changes, it also, just it yeah, didn't really make it, sense to me. And wasn't that our, wasn't our goal the first time we've scored without Ruby ever being on the field this season? <laughs> You know, um, I, I think it is. It, but I, I think, think that was a Charles. I think I saw. Yeah, I think that was a Charles tweet. I think I saw that. Um, which best. is notable. Has Albert Rusnak been subbed out a single time yet this season? Nope. <laughs> yeah. No, you can't. You can't sub out the captain, oh, Kyle. Man. You can the captain. Leave the captain cannot on the bench leave the field. I think that's now. in the rule book. I'm just imagining Albert on the bench still wearing the captain's band because he doesn't want to take it off. <laughs> just doesn't want to give it up. So so here's the thing about that argument. Like, nobody was making that argument with Kyle Beckerman, right? Like, it was understood that he was the captain. He was there for a reason. Yeah. And he wasn't playing probably for a good reason, but I think he was he was more useful than he was utilized. Yeah. That's neither here nor there. Um, well, it's somewhere anyway. Um <laughs> it's somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's uh it's this weird like it feels like we're doing twists to figure out why Albert Rusnak should be on the field all the time. And and yep. certainly I, I get that he's probably a starting player at this team. Um Jason Ramirez scored a, a pretty good, great goal for the monarchs, though. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna <laughs> I say need, that. I need one like way more than one good monarchs appearance before I give any crap about Jason Ramirez, to be honest. I didn't watch that game. I did hear that. While his goal was decent, he didn't have a good game overall, but uh, I didn't watch. Yeah, so I, I, I saw I the highlight of the goal, and it's a great goal. Don't get me yeah, wrong, right. but I need I need way more than one or two or three good appearances <laughs> at the Monarch level for me to get excited about Jason Ramirez. Yeah. I need one or two or three good appearances from Albert Rusnak at the Monarch <laughs> level before I get excited about him again. Because well, if, I can't. Let's... let's talk about albert for just a second because yeah yeah like matt said that we're like twisting to try to explain why he's on the field and the only reason we have to do that is because it seems to be a foregone conclusion that he's going to start every single game there was it seemed like in in the starting lineup it seemed like he was supposed to be playing on the wing and i haven't looked at a heat map so somebody tell me if this is wrong but it seemed like most of his touches came in the center of the field especially yeah, in the attacking portion insane. we attacked through the center for the most part until the last <laughs> 10 or 15 minutes of the game and the attack was often going through albert rusnak and i don't think he had any key passes i don't think he had any shot he might have had one or two shots but none of them were on goal he had one shot yeah he had one shot and it was yeah so like he was affecting the play more he was affecting the the team more you're right but he it was just so key pass too oh one key pass well good for him that makes two on the season by the way (laughs) (laughs) or it might be three but anyway he went from eighth on the team in scoring chances created to ninth after this game it seemed like there was a concerted effort to like get him more involved and get him more touches over the last two games and to be (laughs) fair one against was against nashville and the other was on a very wet crappy field in dallas stoke oh sorry yeah dallas so like i'm not ready to say that like it hasn't worked because he's been better the last two games but he's still not good enough at all like he's not the player that he should be 
He he hasn't justified staying on the field. I really yep. thought that he was going to be the the first sub off the field because that would have made a difference. Him not being on the field would have been a positive effect on the game. And you weren't alone in that. Like uh, Brian Denseth thought he would be the first sub. Yeah. If, I, I was, thought, I was, thought it was obvious that he was the person you take off the field. But yeah. it's absolutely baffling that he is just not only is he a starter every game, but he plays the entire game, even when everyone's like, what is liter- what is going on with this guy? And right. He he uh, I mean, goals forgive and uh, goals make up for certain things. And he blew one of the worst chances I've ever seen him blow right before Rubio Rubin scored his goal. What is it like a four on two breakaway where we had four players and he had all the options in the world and just skied it. And I was like, like yeah, like not even close. Was yeah, like had, not even a little bit close. Great options on his right. And players who have been much better right? than him this season were with him. <laughs> yeah. And Rubio Rubin was on his right, right? Yep. Probably. Uh, he was uh, one of, I mean, it was, it was Julio Rubin and i don't there wasn't someone else with him it may have been yeah. it, may, it honestly might have been brody or something yeah that but, that one pass though like that's a, a near certain goal yeah, yeah. Mm. so it's a much higher xp than trying to sh- xp xg than yeah. trying to shoot it he lost xp because yeah. he blew the xg <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. spent all his time playing like old japanese rpgs and so I can't focus and staying up till like 3 a.m. every night. Because that so was definitely I, me what, in high school and college and what we need parts Matt, of my professional life. Is yeah. a reporter to do some investigative work and figure out what's going on. You, you should uh, investigate that and see if that's happening. <laughs> that's what I'm okay. saying. Um, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll find his address and no, that's not true. I'm not going to do any of that. Don't worry. I'm not going to go sit outside his house and see when the lights turn off. That's you don't good. have to sit outside his house. They make telephoto lenses now. They, they've made wow. telephoto lenses for a long time. <laughs> they, they've got binoculars and telescopes, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'll, I'll leave that to the federal government. this new invention, the telescope. You can hang outside his house with this new technology. To be clear, for sure, do not actually do that. No, this is a satirical <laughs> podcast. Nothing we can and say will be held against us in a court of law. We um, are sorry. Preemptively. <laughs> I mean, if we're preemptively sorry, then that sounds like something's going to happen, but nothing's going to happen. Okay, that's a that's a great point. You know that you know that like tweet that says to it's like. I ain't reading all that. Sorry that happened, or I'm glad or happy for you. <laughs> yeah, just that. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So he's really bad, and I like. I'm like so. I mean, I don't know what. So, okay, so I mentioned this on Soapbox Breakfast, but Bobby Wood's wife had her baby, and Bobby Wood's expected to be in Salt Lake potentially, like in two games from now. Like he might be playing two games from now from this upcoming Saturday. So we have a game June. We have a bit of a break. Our game after this, I can't remember what our schedule so we've is got, now. 
let's go through the schedule so you know what you're talking about. We got yeah. Minnesota this weekend. That's yeah. May 29th. Then we have a big break. The next game after that is June 18th at home against Vancouver. That's the one he might be here for. And then there is June 23rd, which is uh, away against Seattle. Yeah. So he, Freddie which said. Which I think is a lot more realistic of a game for him to like actually participate in. Yeah. Elliot and Freddie said, or maybe it's just Elliot said that like he could very well be available for the June 18th game. So that's literally yeah. not this game, but the next one. And like, what's the argument for keeping Albert on the field? Like there, there is not one. We don't have, I mean, how I, are we going to bench Julio for Albert? Like that's, is that really what we're going to do? Yeah, it probably is. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, let's honestly. Be honest. <laughs> I, is Albert going to play? I, okay, the only option I can see is so Rub- Bobby Wood up top, Rubio Rubin on the left, Albert on in the middle again, and then Julio on the right, and then Demir and Pablo in the middle. Like if Everton were hurt, were not hurt right now, I don't know how you play Albert. I guess because he is hurt, and then I guess you could you could make it work, but I still don't. I mean, you know, yeah, I think injuries are gonna dictate albert's playing time a little bit but even when uh, yeah I, I i don't have any confidence that even if like we came up to this situation and everton were healthy and we wanted to play everton and pablo together as you know mid- defensive center mids or whatever together like i think that we should do that we should play demir in front of them because that's apparently demir's position now <laughs> and that's fine <laughs> but then you have three spots left in the attack and you have bobby wood rubio rubin anderson julio and albert rusnak and justin miram and i would argue that justin miram should be higher than albert rusnak on the depth chart currently not yeah. just because he's paid less and he's he's literally he's been a there by any measure he's been a better player than albert rusnak so far this season so i don't like I don't, I don't even know. Like, and I, I was very critical of Justin Miram last season because I thought he didn't perform very well. But like, he's been better than Albert, so I don't know. Yeah. The only reason Albert's on the field is because he's our captain, and and he's paid the most in MLS or excuse me RSL history. He's the most expensive player in MLS history. <laughs> how much was yeah, David no, I, paid back in the day? Was it how much? Like, not, who? Not that I, much, Beckham. Yeah. yeah. Let's check. I mean, this they out. made the DP rule for him, right? Yeah. Like that was the whole thing. That's a oh, good yeah, question. Six point five million. Oh, that a year. is a lot. Wait, did that? Ain't, is that That's what? Like is that what the Galaxy were paying him? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he also like as part of the move. Um, to the U.S., he signed a whole bunch of endorsement deals. Yeah, that's what so I heard. Like heard originally reported as like two hundred fifty million dollar <laughs> signing or whatever the crap, and like most of that was endorsement deals. Okay, yeah, yeah, that Over is a like lot of money, six years for his contract or whatever it was for that time in the league. That's like a ton of. I mean, that's a ton of money now in this league, but like at the time, even more so. I was gonna say Car- um, Carlos Vela or Chicharito are the highest paid, and they're right around that still six and a half. Yeah, I mean. Michael Bradley was like four or five when he joined Toronto, I think. I thought he was six when he joined. I thought him and Josie both been. joined like at six. Giovinco was really high too. Um, yeah, I just, I just, ugh, I get a little, a little sick when I think about Albert Snack at this point. It's just he's been given. I mean, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's gonna. I don't know what to do. 
I mean, I, I, I'm not doing anything besides just complaining because that's what all of this is for. But it's like, yeah. come on. And it's it's interesting. So I've, I'd seen a lot of Rusnak defense early in the year. Uh, and it's funny to say that five games in. Um, but the response on like has has grown and people on Facebook are mad, which is funny. They're usually um, I'll say a lot of the people on Facebook in the RSL sphere. I apologize if any of you are listening to this, but uh, you all love Luke Mulholland still and want him to take Albert's spot. If anyone's going to take Albert's spot, um, and I think that says a lot about judgment. Um, anyway, those people are mad about Albert Rusnak right now, um, and not because of Luke Mulholland. I appreciate that you're starting this by saying these people all have terrible bad opinions, and even they think that Albert Rusnak is being bad right now. Yeah, <laughs> the bad like opinion havers. Don't like Albert Rusnak, just like us. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mean, opinion is is not. Uh, there's no not controversy high. in that position now. No, there there's really, really not. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure Albert Rusnak doesn't listen to this podcast. He probably right. maybe he uh, pulls a Trevor's daughter and listens to Social Hour and turns it off afterward. I don't know. I mean, I would hope. That would be funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's the ideal. <laughs> um, yeah. Albert, if you. Uh, if you are listening, uh, just put the ball out for a throw in in like the 67th minute. And we're, we're definitely not going to place bets on it and share that money with you. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no match fixing involved. Somebody write down the no, the minute I said, too. <laughs> yeah, 67th. Trevor. Okay, Trevor, go go place that bet now. I don't think you can place that bet, actually. Like oh. betting on specific minutes no for throw-ins. I don't, I don't know about that one. Not a lot of markets for that. Right. What's that? Uh, I mean, there, there are always players or stories about players in England having done things like that, right? Oh, yeah. No, I, that's the thing. I so think part of it is that MLS just simply doesn't, like sports books don't offer that many props on MLS games. Oh. I am sure that there, I know that there are way more props available on like EPL and Italian games and stuff like that. Hmm. But even that one, like specific minutes for throw-ins, I don't think I've seen that one. It's too yeah. bad. But maybe I'm on the wrong sports books. So. <laughs> oh, maybe. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else to say about RSL versus Dallas? No. I mean, we're going to see it two more times this year, right? Yeah. That's right. I we hate got more to come. Schedule. Like, I hate it. I appreciate that we got a point in Dallas. I don't want to <laughs> like downplay that because on some level that's important i don't think it's going to make any difference to this season still but like good for us that's that's an unusual result getting a point in dallas yeah fair enough fair enough kyle anything else no all right let's talk minnesota um let's do it we play them again on saturday at home and in the immortal words of taylor swift um Something, something, something bad blood. Did, Trevor, you're about to say that Ochoa is not going to be there, right? I was about to say that Ochoa will not be there. He was called into the men's national team and they report on the, I think it's tomorrow, actually. Anyway, it's before <laughs> the game. This this was really shaping up to be like, a, uh, now we got bad blood game. Yeah, and those are the words. Thanks. With how much... Minnesota's fans and local press seem to be turning on Adrian Heath and with Echoa just being gone. Like, I honestly have no idea if there's going to be any sort of like 
extracurriculars because oh, I doubt it very much. Like who? I mean, <laughs> a lot of Minnesota fans don't even want to win right now because they want Adrian Heath gone. Um, and that, you know, they also have have their new signings guy here since last time we played them. I know they signed a couple guys. That might be the case, honestly. With I just really hope we play better than we did against Dallas. That's, and I really hope, but I know that Albert Rusnak will start. I hope that he doesn't, but he will. So we'll have fun. Yeah, it'll be great. Um, and he departs for international duty after the game. Um, there was some. Well, okay, presumably. Um, so, so here's a weird situation there. Um, Wait, he departs after? Yeah. Ru- Rusnak. And, oh, okay. Uh, we're on to Rusnak yeah, now. Sorry. Yeah, I thought we were still on Ochoa. Sorry. Go nope. ahead. Um, but neither he nor Gregus. Is it Grey Goose or Grey Goose? Grey Goose. I've always Goosh. pronounced it Grey Goose like the vodka because oh. that's easier to remember. Oh. It's Grey Goose. <laughs> that's, my, right. that's my mnemonic device for him is... The vodka, Grey Goose. Hmm. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> so they both were not listed in Slovakia's uh, provisional 20- roster. Provisional roster. Um, word kind of emerged. I think it was through Brian Dunseth, as usual, uh, that that uh, they were going to be called up. Uh, they just are waiting to be called up until after the Minnesota United game. And it just seems a little odd, but you know what? It, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't get that, but we sure. MLS don't usually get the benefit of the doubt there, uh, so yeah. Yeah, I guess that's nice. Um, anyway, he's set to depart after that, presuming all of that plays out. What I'm hoping though is that uh, they're being challenged for one spot, and one of them gets to leave for international duty, and the other one stays home, and we can make it like a reality show out of it. That would be great. Yeah. I think it would be, except I don't think that's the case at all. Cause they left two open spots on the provisional roster. Uh, so, so here's the other weird thing is that UEFA on this, on their, so on the site listing, pr- the provisional rosters specified it was 26. That would be called up. But then oh. in the actual like documentation from UEFA, also on their site in PDF form, making it more official. Uh, that's how it works, right? Anyway, more official PDF uh, had just 23 players listed as uh, on a final roster. Yeah, so I, thought, I don't really know. I thought it was 27 on the provisional, and then that had to be down to 23 for the official like matches. That's your final roster. Yeah. I, I don't I don't care really, but that's what yeah, I that's was understanding. So, but yeah, it is still listed at twenty four. You're right. They've it, the site does say uh, twenty five or twenty six. So oh, so I is it twenty four and twenty six? Not twenty five yeah. and twenty seven. Okay, yeah, that's fair. So so I think it's fair to say that they probably will go um, some real world beaters in that roster. So I'm trying to read some of the names of these clubs. There are um, 27 Gank. teams in MLS. Guess where a, Minnesota ranks? 26. 27? Higher. 25. Higher. 24. Higher. 30. 22, which still sucks, but they yeah. won their last two games one to nothing, so they still have a negative goal differential of negative five, which is really bad second worst no third worst in the league do you guys know there's a team in napoli 
of all places. I've heard of the team of Napoli. They recently fired their coach. Oh, and I've got to spend the next 30 minutes talking about how he needs to come to RSL because, oh crap, who was it that asked me to do that? Somebody asked me to do that. <laughs> it was Virgil. It was Virgil. Uh, okay. I, I said I'd leave it in if it happened, but uh, let's just cut it off there. I don't have <laughs> enough material to talk about Catuso for 30 minutes, but he definitely oh, should be a coach. Like the Catuso? That one, yeah. Oh, cool. I, I'm the guy that, for those who only know gifts, he's the guy that at the press conference said, sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. That guy just got <laughs> fired right. by Napoli. Oh, I love that video. Well, it's uh, it'll be and a he's, pleasure to have him here. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to the announcement. Huh. All right. Well, <laughs> anything else to say about Minnesota United before we wrap this thing up? Um, they still have Tim Way's can... cousin yeah. on the roster, so we might see Tim Way's cousin again. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that's how you get to the bottom of that. I, I'm like friends with a dude who's like a, a Minnesota united journalist guy i should ask him if he knows um no the only thing is that uh just hope ruby ever being scores again his goal against dallas was really nice oh man um, so good it was very good super clean first touch to get him uh honestly not a super high percentage look but he buried it back post with his left foot from like a tight angle so that turn like here's the yeah. thing about Ruby. Like he scores great goals, but it's all for me. It's like the touch he takes before he scores is so has been better than like every single one of his goals. The touch he took to spin whoever the defender was, Hollingshead or whoever it was, genius yeah. move. So it good, very nice. Yeah, I agree that when he chested the ball upwards to set up his bicycle kick, that was actually more impressive than the bicycle kick itself. And then the goal before that, he dribbled like four guys. <laughs> and then I'm just kidding. Beat him near post. Yeah. Like, yep, that one was insane. Yeah, the I know you're joking, but I'm taking that at face value. His chest was exquisite. <laughs> it was that. That honestly is a great touch. I mean, the bicycle kick was insane, but like to set yourself up like that was really cool. Um, but yeah, he's a great player. Love to see him score some more. Um, that's all. That's all I'm really hoping for because Albert's not going to contribute. We already know that he'll have fun doing whatever he does on the wing. So it'll be Anderson. Julio and Demir Krylock and Ruby Rubin. That's that's what we can expect. Do we think we're going to see Herrera and Brody again? How'd you guys think I, that worked? I thought it was okay. I, I thought it worked. It, the problems with it was the field. Like Brody's yeah, speed fair. is neutralized when he can't run full speed because he's going to fall over if he does. Yeah, and Herrera when he got forward, he didn't get his forward as much, but when he did, he was still effective. Yeah, still I'd like to see it again. So, right? We kind of expect one of those two to stay back, either the left back mm-hmm. or the right back, and I think Herrera is the natural option. So yeah, yeah, which I'm fine with. Yeah, yeah, I thought it. I thought it worked. I just thought it was neutralized by the field. Yeah, fair as enough. was much of the game and much of the attack. And yeah. much of what happened. So, yeah, I'm excited to see it on a day when it's not pouring down rain. Yep, agreed. Yeah, all hopefully right, well, that. Hopefully they do that again. But that's it. That's all I've got. I think that's all I've got too, Trevor. Any 
parting words for us? No. Uh, <laughs> really beautiful. Uh, Kyle, are you driving to California? I am, yes. Have, have a lovely drive. Thank you. I will miss you both on Saturday, but I will be either watching or following along, and then we'll watch again in pain or in happiness, depending on the result. Fingers crossed. Fingers I just want crossed. Andrew Putnam to boot the ball into the stands. I would love that. If that if that does, <laughs> yes, he should absolutely do that. Pretty close. Yeah. Cool. All right. Gentlemen, right, well. it's, been a, it's been a pleasure and a privilege. Yeah. As, as always, uh, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. <laughs>